Good morning, listeners. How you doing today? Pastor Toby wanted to share with you some encouraging words today and words to live by, some winning ways and winning words. Today's title of the talk is Faith Lift. Do you need a faith lift? Um, have you ever thought about this? Why does God allow bad things to happen? You ever thought about that? Why does God allow bad things to happen? Well, there's a little book in the Bible called Habakkuk, and it discusses the doubt and the pain when we that we feel sometimes when we go through things that are just horribly wrong and we don't understand. But it ultimately will explain why God allows, God doesn't cause things, but God allows us to experience pain and suffering from time to time. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 says this, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run that he may run to it who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it may tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. I don't know if you know it or not, but Human beings are limited. Man is limited. And really, that's a fundamental element that will help us with our joy quotient. We have to understand that we are limited and that we are not the solution to our problems. In fact, by trying to fix our problems, nine times out of ten, we create bigger problems for ourselves. More serious problems for ourselves. And only pass on a more serious set of problems to generations behind us. So where humans or where man is limited in regards to time and scope, God is not limited by time or scope. God is unlimited in all things and in all things he's good. The scriptures testify that over and over again. And they show us how dark moments in the end when you get high enough to look down on history end up being great for the glory of God and for mankind and individuals. I'm hoping that you will focus and watch your limitness and see God's and focus on God's unlimitedness. And that'll lead you to joy. Habakkuk chapter two, verse four uh, gives us a bit of compare and contrast. Um, we as Christians have a tendency to just regurgitate statements and words without really thinking about what they mean or letting the fullness of their meaning settle in us in such a way that it will transform us and how we see the world how we view our problems, and, and how we live our lives. Habakkuk 2 tells us, it's a great verse really to memorize, that it says, Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. So here's what we've got. You've got this separating of two kinds of people. You have a puffed up person who is not righteous, and you have a person whose confidence is in himself, and he's unaware of how limited he is. So he's his own master. He's his own answer. He can solve it. He can do it. He can get it done. He has no need to submit to God. No need to lower himself under the hand of God. And he'll take care of it and get it done. And the Bible calls that person puffed up. He's conceited. He's his own savior. He's his own God. And that's kind of what's happening in this text. And the Bible gives us some information on how we can deal with those kinds of things. You can come across people, um, and I'm not talking about people outside the church, but I'm talking about people inside the church. There's tons of them and that 
are exactly like this, like they're being described here in this book of Habakkuk, that they're just puffed up, conceited, think they can do it on their own. Probably the greatest example of that in regards to being religious is what we'll call were the scribes and the Pharisees in the New Testament. You know, if you don't have a lot of church background, aren't sure who those guys are. Those were the ruling religious parties of the day. They were constantly asking questions of Jesus in order to bust him, but they could never do it. They thought they were better than everybody else, and they had their rules and ways of doing things, and they were better and, and thought they were better than everyone else, and they always were trying to trick Jesus. And Jesus always spoke in such a way as to diffuse the questions they would ask. And so whether it was a question about the resurrection or whether it was about giving money to Caesar, Jesus would always answer in such a way that it would just completely diffuse the question and completely shut them down. And even though the questions got squelched, and even though Jesus shut them down, it never occurred to them to think, man, maybe... Jesus is who he says he is. You know, they would just try to do and question and trick again and again and again, and Jesus would continually win the conversation. Um, they'd pull back and try to figure out another question and, and try to beat him with that, but they just couldn't do it. Now, let me give you a little side note on that, just so you'll know. It's impossible to trick God. It's impossible to trick God. So when you see these people that we call puffed up unrighteous people in the book of Habakkuk, um, don't just think of people outside the church because there's plenty today who are not righteous and end up, do not, li and do not live by faith at all, but they're living by their own means and their own abilities and their own wills and their own desires. And so um, we see that in this passage. It's one of the pictures that we see. The second picture, though, is what we talked about, the just shall live by faith, the righteous live by faith. And that's really what I want to talk about and encourage you with today is because uh, it carries a lot of weight. The righteous, the just shall live by faith. Um, what we know in the New Testament as we look back on the Old Testament is that full righteousness, full righteousness is impossible for man. We can't keep the law to perfection. That's, you know, they had that sacrificial system. That's why they were constantly going to the temple and killing bulls and goats and spotless lambs on the Day of Atonement. But they knew they could not be righteous, so they trusted the sacrificial system to enable them to be righteous. But now, see, from the New Testament, um, we have the shadow of what it was to come in Jesus Christ, and that Jesus Christ was going to be our righteousness. He paid that sacrifice, so we don't have to do that any longer. In the end, you and I are righteous, not because of us, but because of Jesus Christ. Not because of anything we have done, but because of everything Jesus has done. The righteous, the just, who have the right standing before God, those who are seen by God as holy, blameless, spotless, there is a way that they live, and that way is by faith. Faith. Now, what is faith? Now, what faith really is, and where does it come from? Can you exercise it? How do you work it out? How do you get a faith lift? And by our human nature, we are all creatures of faith. We're all creatures of faith. Everybody has some kind of faith in something. Um, just a couple of examples. I mean, you may have drove your vehicle today somewhere, and when you got in your car, you completely by faith thought your brakes would work. And if you got where you were going, I'm guessing they did. But you got in that car, and you drove it. It was an act of faith. 
If you happen to be sitting in a chair right now, you didn't test it first, probably. You just simply sat in it. It was a simple act of faith. One cannot function in this world in a way that is healthy without some kind of faith. In fact, I would contend that even probably the most staunch atheists practice faith at a religious level. I mean, I would contend that an atheist probably has far more faith than we do as believers because we have a simple act of faith that there's a God who's revealed himself to us in the Holy Scriptures, and we put faith in that and believe that. Their acts of faith are like, well, I by faith I have to believe the universe works this way, and I have to by faith accept that this scientific research isn't going to be debunked 15 years from now, and that most science behind us has, and, you know, on and on they, they would go having to put faith in this or, the, you know, you know, 100 million steps of faith for the atheists. For us, there's just one. There's a God. He's revealed himself to us through Jesus in the scriptures, and that is our step of faith. It's a simple one. It's an easy one. But maybe I can define it a little better for you in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So if we'd use the illustration of the brakes in your car and the chair you're sitting on, Let's put it in the, in the text and see what, what we're saying is, is to be true here. According to the text, faith is the assurance of the things hoped for. So when you got in your car, you weren't afraid of your brakes not working. There was a complete assurance on your part that the brakes were going to work. There was complete assurance on your part that the chair you're sitting in would hold you. Most of you didn't test it out. In fact, I probably bank on the fact that none of you tested it out. None of you pumped your brakes in the driveway to make sure they were going to work before you pulled out of your driveway. You didn't push down on the chair before you sat in it. No, you had assurance in what? Hope. You hoped your brakes would work. You hoped that chair would hold you. You were assured of it. And so you sat down or you drove your car. Now, the second part of that definition is not only is it the assurance of things hoped for, but now it's the conviction of things not seen. Again, using our illustrations, did anybody crawl under their car and check the brake line before they pulled out of the driveway? Did anybody make sure everything was connected correctly in the car? No, you probably didn't. Why? Because you have a deep conviction of what you could not see. Just like the chair. Did you check the bolts under the chair? Did you crawl under the chair and look to see and make sure everything was connected the right way? I mean, did you get underneath your chair, make sure that the, the steel or metal or iron or whatever it's made of wood was connected? And, and no, you probably didn't look at all. You just sat down. Why? Because you have a deep conviction of what you don't see. You see, we're all creatures of faith. And so faith is the assurance of things hoped for, and it's a deep conviction of what we cannot see. And that's the biblical definition of faith. Ephesians 2 talks about it. What we know about faith from the Scriptures is that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So without an assurance of things hoped for and a conviction of things unseen, you and I can't please God. We don't have the ability to please God. So faith is monumentally important for us to live in, to walk in, to rest in, to exercise. So when we look at faith, we need to understand that we need to continue to grow in our faith. That's why we're saying, do we need a face lift? And Ephesians chapter 2 talks about that. You know, it talks about grace is unmerited favor. It's by, it's by grace that we've been saved through faith, through faith. It's not your own doing. It's a gift of God. And so uh, we know that faith is by grace, a gift of God, by God's grace and by God's grace alone through faith. We can believe and, and not of our own doing. We can't muster it up on ourselves, and we have to make that choice. Are we going to believe in ourselves, or are we going to believe in the grace of God that's been given to us as a free gift? So if you've been struggling lately, if you have maybe weak faith, maybe you're a little bit discouraged, maybe you're in a position of desperation, and you're thinking, I just can't seem to muster up the faith as 
much as I'd like to, we need to understand and realize that faith by grace is a gift that God gives us. It's not something that you have to try to muster up. Um, we just need to ask God for a faith lift. And that's what happened in Mark chapter 9. And Jesus comes into the middle of a really chaotic scene and the father of a young demonized boy comes to Jesus and says, you know, your disciples have been trying to cast out a demon for my son. They can't seem to get it done. My son has had this since he was young and he's had all these issues and, and everything. And, and, um, and can you help me, Jesus? And Jesus was quick to say about believing. And it's right there in Mark 9. And he just said, do you believe? If you believe, all things are possible. And the father falls to the ground and he's crying. He says, you know, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. Maybe that's where you're at today, that um, you just need help with your unbelief. That's why we're talking about maybe we just need a faith lift. Um, be honest with ourselves. And how many of us may be there right now where we just need to say, Jesus, I'm trying to believe, but please help my unbelief. And, and God can do that. God is a good God and God can accomplish things that seem impossible to us. So you, maybe your prayer today just simply needs to be, I believe, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. You see, just kind of get make it personal. See, I believe the Lord can heal diabetes. I believe the Lord can heal heart disease. I believe that God can heal cancer. I believe that God can heal you. And, and whatever it is, you fill in the blank. I believe God can heal broken relationships and financial problems. I believe that the God inside of me is greater than the giants in front of me. And sometimes we struggle and sometimes we may have some doubt and, and we have faith, but we're like, Lord, help me with my unbelief. Help me. Give me a faith lift during this cancer. Give me a faith lift during this this time or difficult thing I'm going through. And it's in those moments, listen, we ask the Lord to help us. It will strengthen our faith. It will give us the faith lift that we need when we believe that he's able and he's willing to do that. And what I know about scripture is God tells us over and over again to believe and obey without doubt, to believe and obey without doubt. And and we know, according to Ephesians, that we can't even please God without that faith. And so it's a call to be obedient. It's a call to trust. And it's a call to believe. Um, and today, if you're struggling with some things, um, you're having some difficulties, you're having some problems, things that's happened to you, you don't understand why this bad's been allowed to come into your life. I, I just want you to push through all that today. And I want you to be uh, a person of great faith, a person of faith, um, and realize that Jesus Christ loves you and that Jesus Christ is enough. He can do the impossible in your life. Are you living by faith? Is your faith in God there? Um, you'll always be victorious, and God will always, always see you through things when you put your faith in him. And if you feel your faith is weakening, you know, you need to look and see where you've put your hope in. Don't put your hope in anything else but in Jesus Christ. And that's where your confidence will come. And I promise you, this will start helping your confidence. This will start helping your attitude. And the reality is God loves you. God's a good God. He's a gracious God. He's a loving God. And he's a powerful God. And he can do some things that man can't do. And so uh, see that and believe that and, and take that to heart and let it encourage you. And begin to exercise that faith. It'll help, it'll help you with a faith lift. 
begin to pursue God in your faith. And there's this assurance that now you're developing and this assurance of what you're hoping for. There'll be this conviction in what you can't see. And now you're seeing and realizing the strength and the incredible encouragement that comes to you by simply getting a faith lift. And I want you to know, and I want you to hear this, that God loves you, God has grace for you, and God wants to grant you this grace gift of faith to believe. Get a faith lift today, and it'll get you through any and everything you're facing, and God can do it. Hey, thanks for listening to today's podcast. I hope you are encouraged and strengthened today. Love to hear from you. Send you some encouragement. Email me at pastor at faithchurchnow.com and tell me how things are going. Don't forget you can join us this weekend on Sunday at 9 for our traditional service or at 1030 for the contemporary service. If you can't join us in person, please watch the broadcast on our live stream at 1030 every Sunday on our website or on Facebook. And if you get a chance, please go to our website and check out some cool information there and a lot of things going on in the life of our church and also some things that can be good resources for you as well. Visit our uh, store and uh, get you some merchandise to be a, and wear, wear a, a T-shirt or a hat or purchase a mug and, and just uh, display your faith for the world to see. And, and also you can make a donation there uh, to Faith Ministries. You just click on the online giving link and make a donation today. That helps us continue to send not only these podcasts to the world to reach people for the gospel with the good news, but also makes a difference in the lives um, of people every single day. So just want to thank you in advance for your support. Stay strong. Stay faith strong.